And when there came the day when Mina placed the the pot of initiation upon my head as a first step to undergoing training as a Sangoma. A new world was to open its arms to me. The hidden Africa, which even at that time was beginning to slowly vanish. A new world was opened to me. New vistas of knowledge beckoned to me like distant mountains. I began to learn about our people. I began to learn about the ancient law. I was told many things as I went through the rituals of initiation. In Africa, when you are an initiate, you must obey your teachers without question. You must never talk back to them. You must gather firewood in the forest and bring it to your to the place of initiation. You must never think of anything outside the circle of initiation. You had to dance, dance strenuously in order to communicate with your body, to communicate with your muscles, to communicate with your mind. Mina told me that when a person dances, he or she speaks to every vein and artery, every joint and every length of muscle within his or her body. Above all, she said, you receive power from the earth, our mother, power which flows from the deep underground into your feet and up your spine and through the top of your head. That is the power of the Sangom, the person of the drum. I underwent steaming in a special steaming hut which was called Isifuto. And after each steaming, I I had to run out into the cold and roll upon the dewy grass. Especially when it was midwinter, when snow lay upon the summits of the great Drakensberg mountains of the west of Zululand, my aunt and other Sangomas told me to steam myself and then to run out into the cold and roll on the ground. Your body must receive benefit from two great powers, Vusamazu. 
heat and cold must both claim you like girlfriends. And you must dance and dance and remove all the, the evil sweat from inside you. And it was so. I underwent internal baths. I used to drink medicine each morning, a large quantity, fill my stomach with it, and then using a feather to tickle the back of my throat, bring it back up again. I used to undergo enemas that would have made an elephant to run away screaming. And have you ever had a traditional Zulu enema? It's done with a large cow horn, which is pierced at the tip. The whole shebang goes into your back passage. Sometimes it's equipped with a, a big leather bag to hold the rest of the medicine, which is poured in with a calabash. And you can just hear it glugging into your intestines. And after that, you must be a good runner to, to run out of the hut and into the bush. And then you know what will happen. It would seem as if every bowel inside your stomach has suddenly escaped through your rectum like a snake. We were forbidden certain foods, but we had to eat certain foods. And at the back of the head of every one of us initiates, there was a loop of beads called the, the loop of beggarliness. And we had to go from village to village begging for food, begging for grain. It was part of the ritual of self-debasement that is part of our initiation. And we were told to meditate, to seek the hidden power of eternity, to seek the hidden force that lies hidden amongst the stars. We call this the hidden bride. Now, what is this power? The power comes to you in a strange way. While you are dancing, you dance and you dance in a circle, striking your feet firmly against the ground and kicking your feet high. You must kick your feet high if you are a twasa. You must shake every inch of your body. And when the dancing is at its height, a strange spell falls over you. It is as if you are no longer dancing anymore. It is as if you are floating in the air. It is as if you are one with the earth and the sky at the same time. And you dance and you dance. And then you will feel a very strange thing bursting up from the small of your back. It is like, it is like a pot full of hot water that suddenly jets up 
from the small of your back between your buttocks right up your spine towards the top of your head where it explodes into a mysterious space and seems to float on and on and on towards the stars. Your vision changes. Your mind suddenly seems to fly. You are covered with sweat, but you don't feel any pain as you dance and dance and dance and dance. Sometimes the powerful force of the hidden one, the ngumu, N-C-U-M-U, as it is really called, will come to you a second time and you will suddenly feel a part of you leaving your body and you will see yourself in the air lying helplessly on your back while the other you dances like a maniac beneath you. And here, this other mysterious you, which is lying about the you as you dance in the air, will float away into regions of eternal peace. I can't describe them any other way, where you feel as if you are one with every animal, every tree, every river and every stream and mountain that there is on this earth. You feel a certain unity with creation. And when you have fallen down, you want to get up and do it again, but your weakened human body can no longer bear the strain. And you just lie there with your face close to the sand gasping hard like a lost fish to breathe. One day after dancing almost to exhaustion, I was ordered by my other teacher, Fela Pagat, to go into the hut. And then as I knelt inside the hut, an initiate is not allowed to lie down unless so ordered by his or her teacher. When I was kneeling inside the hut, there came what I can only call a strange explosion inside my head. And then, like a silver fog, a strange and totally inexplicable burst of joy filled me. I did not know what I had to be happy about. My body was aching, every muscle was protesting, but I was suddenly filled with this great joy, a joy so intense I felt I could I wished I had arms long enough to embrace the whole world. I, I felt, I felt, I felt one.
but yet many. I felt I was one human being, and yet I was many, many more. And I suddenly felt in my heart, apart from the intense joy, I felt a deep sorrow. I heard people crying far, far away. I heard people, thousands of them, laughing far, far, far away. And when my teacher, mine, and her friend, Fela Pagati, entered the hut later, I went, I crawled on my hands and knees over to them, and I said, Makos, that is what an initiate must say, great kings. We refer to our ancestral spirits and to those who teach us as great sovereigns. And so I said to Maina and Fela Pagati, Makos, Ngonyama, great kings, lions of the world. Look at his eyes, said Fela Pagati. Look at the stupid one's crossed eyes. Maina looked at me and said, What's wrong with you? Have you been stealing our beer in the dark while we were away? I spoke with downcast eyes. No, my aunt, you know that I, I do not touch beer. Which is unfortunate, said Fela Pagati, testily. If you could get nice and drunk, I would have the privilege of kicking your ass. Now what's up with you? Why are you looking as happy as if you have just made love for the first time? I do not understand, great one, I said in reply. Oh, you don't understand, do you? What do you hear? What do you feel? Maina asked. She was always a serious woman. Great mother, I said, I feel a stupid joy. I feel I could run outside and embrace that tree or that cow grazing next to it. Of course, said Maina. Tell him, Fela Pagat, what is this that he feels? Fela Pagati leaned back against the grass wall of the hut, and his, his bleary eyes mocked me from under the shade of his jackal skin head. He said, for the first time, Christian boy, you are experiencing something that your people talk about. What is it, great one? You are experiencing love, fat little bastard. You Christians talk a lot about love, but when it comes to you, you don't know what it feels like. Tell, tell us, what do you feel? Great one, 
As I have said, I replied, I feel like embracing everything outside this village. I feel like embracing both of you. But I hear people crying in my ears, and I hear people laughing also. What is this? Am I going mad? Oh, it would be a great help to me if you could go mad, said Pagat. What you are feeling, boy, is love. And what you are hearing, boy, are the cries of millions of people who died tragically long ago and who died with their lives unfulfilled. What you are hearing, Christian boy, are the sounds of happy souls who lived this this earthly life to the full and who died peacefully. But, great father, I said, I, why do I feel as if I should embrace everybody? Because you are everybody. That is what a true Sangoma should be. You should feel that you are everyone and anyone. You are a white man, a black man, a, a colored man. You are an Indian. You are a priest. You are a thief. You are, you are everything. Now you are a true Sangoma. You have taken the first step towards what we call Ubunye Nezwe, to be one with the land. Listen again. Listen again. Sit still and listen. Stupid. I listened.
At first I had nothing. And then I had going as if far, far, far into the distance. Sounds, animal, savage sounds, sorrowful sounds, ecstatic sounds. I had sounds of lions mating in the bush. I had the sounds of crocodiles rejoicing in the rivers. Sounds with which I was familiar. I had sounds of birds. And then I had the distant growls, the roars of unknown animals roaring into the very distance of time. And then I heard something, a sound so incredible that I lack words to describe it. Imagine, my friends, a roaring fire, a huge fire, a thunderous fire, a fire the like of which no one has ever seen. It was, it went, it was a great fire. I could hear the crackling of huge flames. I could hear flames leaping high into the air and splashing down again with huge roars. Great one, what is that? I asked stupidly. You are listening to the sound of the sun, said Pagat. What you are hearing are the fires of the sun, the fires that cause creation to be. Listen again, Vusamazuru, listen. I listened again. And this time it was a familiar sound. The swish, swishing of great waves. The cry, the screaming of sea birds. And then, strange sounds of mighty animals. I heard them not knowing what they were. And I was to learn many years later that these were whales, the sounds that they make in the depths of the sea. It was, it was, it was magic. It was pure golden madness. It was total insanity. I heard the sounds of mighty waterfalls cascading in the centers of forgotten forests. I heard the voices of people, happy people, little people, hunting in the forests. I heard the voices of Bantu people speaking in languages that I knew. I heard the voices of other people in far, far away lands. 
smells assailed my nostrils. The smell of fire. Primitive, primeval fire. Fire hot enough to melt metal into vapor. I smelt the sea. I smelt desert. The harsh smell of unwatered sand in my nostrils. I smelt birds. I smelt animals. I even smelt the ants underfoot. I was one with all created things for one magical moment. You must sleep, said mine. You are ordered to sleep. She told me to prepare a herbal brew. She pointed out a calabash which contained a powdered bark of a certain tree. And she told me how to, to boil water, to take a pinch of the powder and pour it into a small clay pot and then to pour the boiling water onto this and to let it draw. I did as she commanded. And then she said, you are to take this drink the moment it gets warm enough to, to swallow. And then you are going to go to sleep. Tomorrow morning, you are to report to me any dream that you have had. Do you understand me? I said, Makosi, ma'am, great king, mother. They left the hut, and I was alone in the gathering darkness. With a prayer to the seven winds of heaven, with a prayer directed to each one of the cardinal points of the earth, I lighted the ritual lamp, and I poured snuff all around that lamp as it sat on the, on the dung floor, and then to each one of the cardinal points I offered a white bead, and then I unrolled my sleeping mat, closed the entrance of the hut, and then went to sleep under a jackal skin blanket. I was assailed by a storm of visions and dreams that night. First, I dreamt myself walking upon a grassy plain in a land I could not identify. The land certainly was not Africa because the trees in that land were tall, very tall, like pine trees in appearance. 
out of nowhere there suddenly emerged four furious leopards and they began chasing me. I ran at first, fled before the mighty beasts and then somehow I suddenly lost my power to walk. I found myself moving on my knees like a cripple trying to get away from the animals. One of the animals appeared before me, a golden beast of great ferocity, its eyes burning into mine. It came at me and seized me by the throat, and I actually felt blood gushing out of my mouth. The other beasts closed in. I felt my body being torn apart. I felt the beasts dragging my mutilated body in all directions. And I screamed and screamed and screamed. Suddenly, I was together again. It was as if some force, some power had brought me back together again and sewn me up like a rag doll. And the four leopards were still there, hungry, spotted monsters with burning eyes. But this time they were no longer devouring me. They were heading me like a goat in a certain direction. And there, on the side of a mountain, I saw a huge hole. And the leopards butted me like goats, forcing me to jump into the hole. And inside the hole, I met a gigantic woman. She was huge. She was big. And she lay on her left side. And she called me and told me to come and to drink milk like a little calf from one of her monstrous breasts. I remember how she pushed the breast into my, my mouth. I felt the huge nipple between my lips, the warm, nourishing milk. I felt like a baby again. I felt protected, loved, cherished. You must be strong, said the huge woman. The load that you are going to bear is very, very great. And then she stood up. She was huge and naked, without a single piece of animal skin on her. She wore no beads, nothing. She was, she was big, like a mountain. She told me, follow me. Meekly I followed her in the dream. The movement of her huge buttocks mesmerizing me. The rubbing together of her huge thighs paralyzing me. And then she stood aside and ordered me to go into the hole. This time 
it was a cave or rather a, a tunnel through which I had to go. Go with courage, she said. And I was going through this dark tunnel when a big dog suddenly came out of the darkness straight at me. It gripped me by the right arm and pulled me towards it. But something told me, do not be afraid. If you fear, you shall perish. If you show courage, you shall survive. And the dog pulled me into a huge cavern. And there I saw many campfires lighted. The cavern was like no other cave I'd ever seen in my life before. It was huge. And in the cavern were hundreds of unbelievably old men and women. A group of them called me to their fireside. And they told me things that I did not understand. I remembered what they were saying while I was dreaming, but when I woke up, I forgot every word of what had been spoken to me. I woke up drenched in sweat. The dream or vision or call it what you will was so had been so vivid, so overpowered. A few days later, it, it, the dream came back again. And there were no leopards this time, no hungry beasts with burning eyes of liquid gold. <laughs> there was just this huge woman who smelled of sweat and of woman smell. This time, she was bleeding between the legs. I could see the blood coming out from below her stomach. She sat in a puddle of blood. I was shocked. I had heard about women menstruating, but I'd never seen something like this. And the woman said, come to me, come boy, come here, kneel down before me. She dipped her finger in her blood and she shouted the finger in my mouth. And she said, you must taste the mother of creation. Get her inside you. Be with her at all times. Once more she dipped the finger in her blood and pushed it between my lips. I felt its saltiness, its stickiness. And then she said, Vusamazul. I said, Mom. She said, The world is sick. I am sick. You must find medicine to cure the world. 
I did not understand what she was saying. And once more she shepherded me into the huge cavern. And there were no longer many grey wrinkled people, but angry warriors. And they seized me and threw me onto a flat stone. And one of them drove what looked like a knife made entirely out of stone into my chest. I felt intense pain and I felt myself become weaker and weaker and weaker. And I heard a voice speaking in classical Zulu saying, In death there is rebirth. In rebirth, there is death a second time. That which goes away shall come back, and that which arrives shall go away. When I finally came alive, if I may use that expression, I found myself still lying on this flat rock in the dream. And I was young, healthy, virile, and there wasn't a trace of sickness in me at all. 